Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you can take control. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live tonight. It's Ian here. And Derek J. And Mark. And so there's lots uh, in the news here, especially about the Occupy uh, protests going on. It was last night that I had mentioned that Occupy Oakland, which is apparently a pretty big one, uh, had stood up to the man. They had been threatened earlier this, uh, I think it was on Friday, uh, it was when they were threatened with eviction. They stood their ground, and I guess the state kind of backed down for a little while. But then early this morning, uh, Derek, I think you've got the story. What happened? Uh, Yes, that's right. And I'm reading some things from thinkprogress.org, and they have this story that Oakland police used rubber bullets flash grenades and smoke bombs to evict these Occupy protesters. Mm. Um, Just a shocking use of force uh, for people who have been peaceful so far. Um, I'm amazed that they would use this, but I'm really happy that the peaceful people took advantage of technology, social media. They were um, tweeting and posting things up on Ustream so that people around the world could see exactly what was happening to them and who the aggressors were. Right. Now, they were occupying a public park, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was called uh, Frank Agawa Plaza. Right outside of City Hall. I've got a different story here from the San Francisco Gate at sfgate.com. It was early this morning when uh, police swept through the encampment outside of City Hall. And also, I guess, a smaller camp was nearby. They arrested 85 people. Uh, who were protesting there. and Actually, probably a lot of them were sleeping at the time they did this because <laughs> it was about four in the but morning. their sleeping is a protest if you are sleeping out in a public park in order to occupy the park, um, you know, in this. this these Occupy movements, I, I, you know, they're, they, they, they put the authorities in a difficult position. But can so, you imagine using rubber bullets on a sleeping person? Like, what, how could you justify that in your own mind? Oh, I, I think that what I, my guess criminals. is that what the cops do is, um, okay, let's see. Um, let's see. They're not using force, but they're breaking the law. How else do we get them out? I mean, you've got to go in there, drag them out by their hair. Um, we can get them in a uh, pain compliance hold. We can uh, use rubber bullets. We can use tear gas. I mean, what... I imagine they just go through the little list in their mind and say, well, you know, the author- they, our bosses say rubber bullets. Those are the ones we're going to use. Let's go. Okay. I mean, I, can't, I, I just mean, can't imagine what else they do. We can't I, leave I can't them there. It. You know, their, their, authority, their, their authorities, <laughs> the cops' authorities say to them, look, these civilians there, uh, we could have rat problems. I believe they do use that as an excuse um, really? with these, uh, these folks. Well, look, you can't have all these people living in close proximity. Diseases will spread. Rats will uh, appear. Um, it'll, be the next, it'll be the next Black Plague. And these are the excuses they Yikes. tell themselves. Yes, they're peaceably assembling, but there are limits on rights, and we have managed to limit the right to peaceably assemble to one little uh, square foot area out in, um, you know, east uh, San Francisco, uh, out by the seals. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's all you get to do. Alcatraz, there's a little spot in Alcatraz where you can, uh, where you can peaceably (laughs) assemble, and other than that, you're causing, you're you're a public nuisance, and you've got to go. Well, 700, several hundred, rather, from numerous law enforcement agencies, several hundred officers uh, began making arrests shortly before 5 a.m. this morning, removing tents, makeshift shelters at the Occupy Oakland protest. By 5.05 in the morning, the bulk of the arrests had been completed and arrestees were led away in plastic handcuffs. Most were arrested for unlawful assembly. 
and illegal lodging, according to the police. One of those arrested had been living at the camp with her two-year-old daughter. The child was not present at the time of uh, the arrest. She told the two officers, we want what's best for you guys, that's all. At 6.15 in the morning, police arrested at least... She probably didn't feel that way at 6.15. Six protesters at a small... No, that was as she was being arre- uh, arrested. She's a better person than I am. One man went limp at a nearby encampment at Snow Park, but those arrests also happened quickly and without incident amid cries of protests by onlookers yelling, Cops! Pigs! Murderers! Mm. And uh, who can blame them for being angry? I mean, they are the tool of violence. They are the ends of the state. And they're the ones who have discretion also. These people could have chosen not to do this. They, they could have just not fired rubber bullets at innocent people, but they chose to do it. Well, I'm These gl- individuals. I'm glad you brought that up because there there was also news over the weekend, uh, came, actually came out yesterday, that the New York cops in Albany defied a, an order to arrest hundreds of protesters. All right. So we can get into that in a moment here, but Mark, you wanted to highlight well, something. The, the government has put itself into a very difficult position. It has cr- it created this uh, little bill of rights um, and, you know, well, we got to get this, this constitution passed. In order to pass the constitution, they popped in this bill of rights. Don't worry, folks. Congress shall make no law. Uh, let's see, abridging the right of freedom of the pre- speech or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. Right, and so that's it. No, but big- the charge here was unlawful assembly. Well, right, but but the Congress shall make no law. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, Congress didn't make the law. Maybe the city well, city council did. Yes, but did. this uh, the Fourteenth Amendment applied this to all states. Um, oh. So they've still broken the Constitution in doing so, and it's not possible. It's not possible to run a government and have the right of the people to be to peaceably assemble on public property yeah. because a government has to own – I mean this, this monopoly organization that taxes people has to own places. Um, and that means that I can go camp out peacefully in the mayor's office or in the middle so. of the jail or – I mean all these other places. Like they have created for themselves with this little piece of uh, – this this bill of rights that they needed in order to get the constitution passed, which was a larger, more intrusive government than the Articles of Confederation was previously. In order to get it passed, they created for themselves a, a catch-22. They it, it, it won't work. I don't know the history of it, uh, but it sounds to me like not everyone – even at the time of the establishment of the United States, was all in on this Constitution thing. I think a lot of the people who heard, oh, yeah, sure, your your rights will be guaranteed, thought, screw you, I don't don't believe you. Plenty of them did not believe them, right? Right. And so I I think, uh, you know, they're they're just showing that uh, they're... They were concerned about the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, it, with time, those those rights and liberties have gone far away. And and people should be allowed to be in public parks, and they should be allowed to, to protest. And as soon as one regulation comes down on it, it's all over, because one leads to two, and two leads to four, and four leads to eight. And before you know it, you've got a thousand little rules that apply to, you know, that they're going to force upon you whenever you want to go and do something in the park. And Derek, you can relate to this. You have recently been banned from the most central park here in Keene, New Hampshire, the little place where we do this show, 
uh, they've they've hit you with a no trespass notice for a year simply because you were arrested in that park, not because you were convicted, not because of any real rationale, it's simply because they don't want you there, and they've told you you can't come back in there or else. Not only that, there's actually going to be a meeting tomorrow night in uh, Keene to determine what's going to happen to that. Because actually, I call it a park, but it's not really accurate to call it a park because it's, it's considered it's a, a common, common space, right? Yeah, which means that everyone is supposed to be allowed on it. No matter what. So your taxes go to pay for it. And also, this is the place where traditionally people have gone to protest. So you neither get to go to to the place that you pay for, nor do you get to protest. Right. You don't get to do that. My taxes go to the police, too, but I don't get to tell them when I don't want their services. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like when they're dragging you off to jail for standing in the common. That's a perfect example. That's so, exactly what I'm thinking of. So we'll find out more about what they're planning on doing tomorrow night. I know that uh, one of the proposals has been to turn the common into a park. So to make it a politically designated place known as a park, which would mean it can then have hours. It can then have a curfew. Oh, what? To no. then, you know, perhaps shut it down at 10 they o'clock at night. They don't actually want people in the common. I mean, no, it seems that not. way. They, they really just, don't. I mean, it's a decorated intent. And, well, they with want the intent. families. Old they, people and children. Who, rights, what and kind no of families... <laughs> What kind of, I mean, you know, the, the idea of the picturesque old people, the guy in the, the old man in a plaid shirt with the clean cut haircut and the shaved face and his little old wife with the Easter bonnet on sitting on the, uh, the park just doesn't happen. The kind of people that sit in park benches generally are Almost. not the kind of people that you want <laughs> sitting in park benches. And I'm sorry that that's the case, but that's the case. You know, I mean, people can say whatever they want about that, but you know, the, I, I just, I don't know why they create these public spaces and then don't want the public in them. The common really has to be for everybody. It goes way back to colonial America. Toll free number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever you want. Plus, more details on the police refusing to kick people out of the park. Coming up here in a moment in Albany. It's Free Talk Live. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there completely free. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Those features include our webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room's built into the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Jurisdictionary is a course for people who don't have attorneys and for people who do that need to know what their attorneys are supposed to be doing. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can understand it and learn it in a weekend. 
They over there they provide you with uh, forms for civil cases, um, advanced lawsuit procedure and case winning pro se tactics, uh, the ways to go about get the rules of evidence, how how you get them, motions, hearings, causes of action, all the courtroom objections that you can make, everything you need to know in order to. Operate inside their system. It's jurisdictionary.com. This is the course you should have had in civics class. Jurisdictionary.com. Let's go to you and your thoughts. We'll continue with uh, more Occupy news here in a moment. But first, Chris is on the line in Kentucky. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark. Hey, good evening, guys. Can you hear me? Hey, yeah, Chris, Hello. go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, this is actually Chris calling from Police State, Connecticut, not Kentucky. That's Anyways, a big difference, but go ahead. Because my Liberty experts. Um, I wanted to share my thoughts on something that recently came to my attention. That is that uh, I heard that U.S. coins, U.S. mint coins, are actually issued directly to the people somehow via the Treasury and not through the Federal Reserve. I believe that to be and true. Mm-hmm. I, where I was going with this is I know that the uh, semi-new uh, like U.S. $1 coins are pretty much in very low demand. Nobody wants them. I kind of like them, but you know, nobody else does. <laughs> I do like them, too. I always buy out my teller for the 10 or 20 that they have on yeah. hand. Yeah, but I actually saw an I article was... about that. I don't think I put it in my prep or anything like that, but uh, I saw an article about those $1 coins where they have, I guess, a mandate by Congress to make so many of them, and yes. nobody wants them. So they're just they're storing them. They're just paying to store <laughs> these things. You know, that's, that's what I, I think the same article that I heard. And where yeah. I was trying to go with this was, you know, this was just in my brain that maybe we had a chance at using them as a competitive currency to the Federal Reserve note. Uh, you know, if, if there became a demand for them, like all us Liberty lovers started, you know, buying but, the But why would anyone want can. them? I mean, isn't it pop metal? I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And this is a long shot, but I'm just... No, I want to hear what here. he has to say. I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen if I choose to well, use $1 not, George Washington, uh, you know... Not too much short of a bunch of us Liberty lovers buying them all out. What's going with this is, you know how, like, nowadays you can go into the gas station and as opposed to using your debit card, you can actually get cheaper gas with cash. In some cases. It um, depends on your gas station, but yeah. I hear you. I, I was just throwing it out there that maybe the so situation could what's be the advantage whereby... for me? I mean, uh, why, why, what, what, what's the, the end result going to be if, if, the, uh, if the United States, instead of, instead of a, uh, sim, a quasi-government agency known as the Federal Reserve that is a conglomeration of banks issuing the currency, um, a, the U.S. Mint, which is an arm of the U.S. government, issues the currency, what's the advantage? I, I, you know, I, I'm missing I, it. I, I, guess, I guess, you know, supposedly our senators and Congress regulate the Treasury as defined by the Constitution, which I would admittedly have not read up on too well. But where I was going mm-hmm. with this simply would be that if a market did all of a sudden get created for these, a bunch of people started buying them up in these crazy times, maybe a situation could arise whereby just like now when you can go into certain gas stations and get cheaper gas with, with cash as opposed to your debit card, maybe, you know, certain places would actually start offering a higher value for those. Well, it would presume that your, your, your scenario presumes that people would find a higher value in these coins. Well, I, I think he's saying that uh, retailers would recognize that this is a liberty-loving person. Is, is that what you're saying, Chris? That if you're uh, using no, these I coins, guess, they'll I give you a discount? started getting bought up and the article started changing whereby, you know, all of a sudden the next Time Magazine article was, hey, these dollars, these... Uh, U.S. Mint dollars are selling like hotcakes, then all of a sudden, hey, the gas station guys are like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll honor those at 10. But why would they when it's legal tender and the legal tender is worth the same as the dollar bill? So why would they prefer the coin over the dollar bill? 
Yeah, I guess it would have to almost be a word of mouth thing. People start hearing about it. I I, I get what you're saying. Like, I understand your vision. You want to see this coin somehow overtake the dollar bill so it no longer is going through the Federal Reserve. I I was really interested in the fact that the coins are actually issued by the Treasury as opposed to the Fed. Right, I get what you're saying. You're saying that that, that this is different. It would be a different situation because the Federal Reserve, apparently, according to you, isn't involved in issuing these things. So you're trying to cut them out of the picture. That makes sense. And I suppose... You know, any, I, any little bit to, to stick it to the man, I guess, right? I, yeah, I, I think you're just going... I, I think that this is really the man, um, that you're, you're not really okay. sticking it to him at all. That yeah, You're using you. essentially $1 pieces to preempt other $1 pieces and... Or, you know, papers. And the I think the really the only value is, is that government will be slightly more efficient. Um, you will help government to be... Force government to be slightly more efficient by using these coins because they will wear out in 30 years rather than three. Yeah. And, That's the yeah, best I can come up with it. To me, Chris, I, I prefer the paper over the coins. Why is At that? least you can write on them and burn like, like them. They're... People, I, I, I do like the coins. I feel like they got their weight. At any rate, I, I thought I'd submit that one to the All choir. right, man. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks for the call. I appreciate yep. hearing from you. Yeah, it's... It doesn't have any real value unless everybody saw it like Chris did. Like, well, we could stick it to the Federal Reserve by using these coins. But then even then, if but that were to happen... using them as a dollar. What's that? But you're only using them as a dollar. They right. have a dollar printed on them, and it seems unlikely to me that a gas station attendant is going to say, oh, well, I want those I really so want much that. more. Yeah. I, it's very it's very unlikely. I like what he's saying. I just feel like he almost missed – he just missed the mark because the mint also produces one-ounce silver coins and one-ounce gold coins and yeah. gold and silver those? in various denominations, and that would stick it to the Federal Reserve. But even so, you're still – even if you're sticking it to the Federal Reserve, like you pointed out, you're not sticking it to the man because the government is the man. Right. So. Well, you could still be sticking it to the man by keeping your own value in uh, something that has intrinsic value. Well, right, if you're using gold or silver. Right, yeah. Yeah. So uh, since he brought it up, let's talk a little bit about these coins that he's proposing. Some people probably haven't even seen these things. Yeah, they're a little golden because they're certainly not as as (laughs) rich and as shiny and as beautiful as a gold coin. They're they're golden coins. Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what What they are. What did you call them? They're Chuck E. Cheese tokens. (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese tokens with uh, the individual presidents on them. I think they're probably up to uh, uh, the 10th president or so. Maybe they're up to Jackson, past Jackson at this point. Yeah, well, there's some kind of a government program involved in this or some kind of legislation. I think CoinWorld.com will get into it here. Uh, the Federal Reserve's surplus inventory. Well, why would they, the Federal Reserve have an inventory of these if they're not involved? I don't have an answer for that. As I understand, these are made by the U.S. Mint. The U.S. Mint doesn't issue currency through the Federal Reserve. They literally don't. Expert. I don't know. I'm, I would think the uh, you know, coin world would know what they're talking about here, right? So I'm going to go with what they have to say. Uh, coin, Coinworld.com. The Federal Maybe banks are sending them to the Federal Reserve in order to get rid of this as um, the form of the cash they send to the Federal Reserve? We'll find out Back here. Their uh, surplus inventory of these presidential dollar coins has ballooned to a whopping $1.252 billion coins in three and a half years, with collectors remaining the primary consumers... For the coins. Yeah. <laughs> for the reasons why you don't want them, Derek, and me either. I don't want to carry around a bunch of coins in my pocket. one 855 Your thoughts are welcome. Free Talk Live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals 
is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At allsuccessclub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at allsuccessclub.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll free and bring up whatever you want at 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those. We've got our mobile site. If you want quick access to our live streams as well as the podcast, go to m.freetalklive.com, mlikemobile.freetalklive.com. If you're unable to own a firearm due to you know local, municipal, or state laws or whatever reasons, uh, an air gun might be... A great substitute. And there are plenty of other reasons you might want an air gun. Training a child in firearms use, varmint control, maybe a little cheap, quiet indoor target practice during those long winter months. A friend of mine's uh, father has, uh, keeps up his target practice just down in the basement with, a, with an air gun and uh, some cardboard. And it you know, keeps him sane during the winter months. I recently got a fifty caliber air rifle that can bring down a deer from uh, Pyramid Air. They're the world's largest online gun air gun retailer in business since 1993 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They did it with me. These people are experts. Uh, all you have to do is tell them your criteria, and they'll, they'll handle it for you. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL, FTL11. Please go now and view the amazing Dragon Claw. That's what I got at airgun.freetalklive.com and peruse the site and see the amazing air guns and accessories they have there. It's airgun.freetalklive.com. All right. So we've been talking about this uh, situation with the dollar coins, and it was one of our callers that brought this up. He really likes them, and he, <laughs> he wants other people to really like them. I kind of like them myself. And I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the market, agree with the you market on that is part. speaking loudly in this particular case, and the news about these dollar coins, if you've seen them, you know what we're talking about. They, I think they started with Sacagawea on them. And no, th- those are different coins. Well, I think that's what Congress's no. intent was when they were like, wow, everyone's going for these Sacagawea coins and these state quarters. We really got to get on this train and keep making you know, commemorative coins. Well, and They so didn't I go for the Sacagawea coin, uh, dollar coins. For whatever reason, Congress has not been able to make um, a dollar coin uh, go anywhere. The Sacagawea ones, first there was the Susan B. Anthony. Well, first there was the uh, the Eisenhower one, and they actually had silver in them prior to that. Um, Eisenhower did at some point. The Eisenhower one, then they stopped making them for a while. Then they made the Susan B. Anthonys. Ian, do you remember those? They weren't actually round. They were some Oh, the kind funny of edges. Polyhedron. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they made the Sacagawea which was this kind of golden color that turns kind of crap brown after a while <laughs> um, and, then, and then they decided you know and then and, and then that didn't work that flopped and, and then they're going to do they it with all presidents and right? then they decided well these quarters these quarters are working maybe we can do it with u.s presidents there's 45 of them it's plenty so they'll uh i think they're trotting them out every quarter is that right uh, we may get the details here from coinworld.com where the news is about these uh, these coins is that there are 1.252 billion of these coins that have uh, become the surplus inventory of the Federal Reserve. And this has happened in three and a half years. Only collectors, for the most part, are interested in these things. And so 
They're literally just sitting on them. Storage has become such a problem that a new storage facility is being built at a cost oh. of approximately $650,000 <laughs> at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas to handle the surplus inventory. I hope they pay for it in those coins right? and get rid of some Now, of them. this gives you some idea of just how stupid and backwards from the real world the government is. When something doesn't work for business in the real world, it doesn't take you three and a half years. <laughs> they don't years keep building it and then build extra buildings to store, to store it. it. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> this is absolute. Uh, it's gold. This right. is uh, the, the coins aren't, by the way. The coins are made of crap metal. But the story is absolute free oh, talk live man. gold. Well, I'm happy that the Federal Reserve is actually storing some of these because that means the Federal Reserve has something of intrinsic value being stored. They could always sell these to a recycling place. Right, exactly. I think they're made of copper, so there's there's some copper in there. Maybe they've got something with intrinsic value. I think they're worth about seven cents in melt value. (laughs) They're they're going somewhere. It's better than a dollar. Now, according to the uh, 2011 annual report to Congress on the presidential $1 coin program submitted by the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, quote, the Federal Reserve estimates that it could hold... More than $2 billion in $1 coins by the time the program is expected to end, according to the report. Because of vault storage constraints and insurance limitations at coin terminals, the reserve banks have been forced to spend resources to expand storage capacity to hold the excess $1 coins with no perceptible benefit to the taxpayer. The Federal Reserve supports a U.S. Mint legislative proposal to eliminate the provision under the Native American $1 Coin Act. So they passed a whole law just to... Make this coin. Does it have to do with Native Americans? Uh, well, it started I, that was with part, Sacagawea, right? right? So are these, as I told you, it started about with the Sacagawea coins? No, it's about the ones, any, the, all of them. Any one dollar coin. Sacagawea was the first one, I think, and then the, uh, the presidents came after that. You know, there are probably people that would pay for these things if they were uh, presented with them. They would take them and change and use them. And well, stuff that's like what that. they tried to do. But they tried people to just don't, you know, they, they, they don't want them. Well, right. What they did with these was with they the put businesses. them in. They put them in the post office machines. Mm-hmm. So they figured, well, well, we'll just put these in as change for all the post office machines, and, and then Americans will take them and use them. But they didn't. You know, they of put them in these not. machines and nobody used them. Well, no. they did use them. Uh, they just didn't. The, the cashiers aren't taking them and giving them back out. I guess people don't want them. I don't know. But. Well, with inflation going where it's going, I don't see many people saying, you know, when you go to the bank, it's like, do you want these in 10s, 20s? No, I'll, I'll take mine in dollar coin rolls, please. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. You're going to walk out of there looking like Mr. Moneybags from the Monopoly game. Exactly. You know, you know anything in your pockets ruins the lines of your pants. <laughs> True. Yeah. One eight five five four fifty free is the number here. Uh, the Federal Reserve again wants to eliminate the provision that a minimum twenty percent of all dollar coins struck be Native American dollars. So I'm sorry, they don't want to actually eliminate the program. They want to eliminate the Native American dollars from the program. <laughs> They're the ones that are really ruining it. Let's what, be honest. The, and, Blame and the, the only, Indians. <laughs> the only one I know are the Sacagawea ones. I, I'm not familiar. I just don't know. So are they saying that? The, okay, is it the Sacagawea the only one that's the Native American? one is that the only one i'm yes, familiar with i think so because okay. the rest of them are presidents right so are, are they really making the case that these are the ones that are are making the program not work it's because they have all of these i can't believe it ones? i can't either no it, it can't be that the people who collect these coins are 
just you know obsessed with the presidents only. They they must. I'll go tell for you the, the ones. The only ones I've uh, tried to get to uh, you know paid money to get from the bank are the president ones. Let's go to the phones here. You can bring okay. up what you want. Dean is on the line in Charlotte. Dean, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi guys, how are you doing? Tonight? Hey, hey Dean, what's on your mind, Dean? Uh, not much. I was listening to you guys talk about the story, and I actually caught a little bit of this on the uh, the national news tonight. And um, the guy was reporting from the uh, Philadelphia Federal Reserve, uh, where they currently store these. And one of my questions is, one of the things you brought up a little bit earlier, is, is why is the Federal Reserve storing these, especially if the Mint is the one that is, is, is coining these? Shouldn't, shouldn't the, the Mint be uh, the organization uh, that... Uh, store these and not the Federal Reserve? The closest explanation I have, and I'm not going to call this, this is not uh, law or anything like that. This is just what I believe to be the case, is um, that banks, when they have extra money, if, as if there is such a thing, they send it back to the Federal Reserve and keep it there in deposits. And so the the Federal Reserve is like a bank for banks. Approximately 40% okay. of all presidential dollars issued into circulation have been redeposited with the Federal Reserve Banks by participating depository institutions, according to their 2011 report. See, I know these things. Gotcha. Now, I have a second question. I was thinking about this while I was on hold. It says in the article that, that the reason why this isn't working is not because there's no demand for it. Uh, nobody wants to hold these, these coins. Well, what about, I was thinking about the, the mandatory, um, the light bulb bill that they, they passed a couple right. of years ago talking about, you, you, managed, you had to have, you had to have, uh, you had to have these in your home. What, what's the difference between, I guess there's no mandatory for this bill in the bill to have, carry the coins, I yep. guess that's The government's pretty, you know, doesn't seem to mind uh, shoving other things down people's throat. Why not these? I think they yeah. understand that people aren't going to want to get rid of their dollars. They're not going to want to... They're not going to have a choice. I see what you're saying. Hey, thanks, Dean, for the call. Appreciate it, man. Do they Eight have five... a choice of taking paper quarters? They don't. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Porcupine Realtor do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-453-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. We also invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can easily do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier with any major credit card, or you can use uh, PayPal, for instance. It's 3 bucks a month. That's all we ask you for, and we take that money and reinvest it into advertising, marketing, and promoting the show. That's why it's called AMP, and we will get Free Talk Live on more radio stations as a result of your 3 bucks a month. And therefore, more people will hear the ideas of freedom. They'll hear about the Free State Project. They'll hear about people that are taking action to claim liberty in their lifetime. 
And so you can go and join in over at amp.freetalklive.com and get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and the AMP-only podcast and more. Go get the details. Get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. There's more information here because I think it's fascinating. Just this big government program that is is just the ultimate, one of the ultimate and pointless programs. Uh, this go- this Coin Act. Actually, there've been a couple of them, according to Coin World. There's the Native American One Dollar Coin Act of 2008, uh, which says apparently that uh, the minimum of 20 percent. A minimum of 20% of all dollar coins struck must be Native American dollars. For some reason, the Federal Reserve is supporting that that be repealed, but that's not going to solve their problem because their problem is they have 1.25 billion coins that they've collected in three and a half years because nobody wants these things. They're getting turned back in like crazy. Uh, There's a significant portion of these that is just being sent back by folks, 40% of all the presidential dollars, because there's also the Presidential $1 Coin Act of 2005. And we'll get to you uh, get to more about that in a moment. But so for- apparently the the Native American coins will have Sacagawea on the front, but they're going to change the design each year to celebrate an important contribution of Indian tribes every year on the back. Oh, I, see. I think that's nice. No, it's, it's very nice. Then no one will use the coins. <laughs> right. I, I I think it's fine to celebrate uh, Native Americans, but I think this government program is uh, completely the wrong way to go about but it. They will. Ha- they do have a direct shipping program where you can get these things in bulk shipped right to you, though. That's what I was going to ask about. Because bam, bam if, now if, you can get them yourself. Uh, see, so if collectors really want these things, they can tell the the uh, mint that they would like them. Order some. The mint can make up a few hundred if you like, and then. You can buy all of them, keep them, or sell them yourself. There's no need for the banks to be forcing these on people or for the Fed to do that. I agree. The mint quality ones of these Sacagaweas are very attractive, though. But the the mint uh, doesn't think like that, uh, Derek. They don't think like a a business person would. They're just following orders and, you know, coining as many of these as Congress has ordered them to coin. And they're going to continue coining them until somebody changes the law, basically. Uh, You know, this is – as far as I'm concerned, this is a dumb law. If they want people to – to, um, to 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 accept these things as coins, take all at this point. Take all the one dollar bills and begin to shred them. And then at some point, people will have to use the coins. If the, that if they want adoption, that's the way they're going to have to do it. Now, the Fed report indicates a recent survey found that sixty percent of all Native American coins issued have been redeposited with the Federal Reserve banks by depository Sixty percent. Unlike the presidential dollars, the Native American dollars are not distributed into circulation through the Federal Reserve. Let me go through that again. The oh. presidential dollars are distributed through the So those are Federal, Federal Reserve. Reserve notes, essentially. The Native American dollars are not. They're coming through the Mint. But directly from the Mint to the public and banks through its direct ship program, which Derek was just talking about. The Fed's 2011 report indicates it, antici- it is anticipated the Federal Reserve banks will incur shipping costs of more than $3 million to transport excess presidential dollars from their respective locations just to the new storage facility. So they're paying over uh, over half a million dollars to build the storage facility, but then they're going to pay three million dollars just to ship the things to the storage facility. Oh my gosh! The new facility is expected to be able to handle storage of forecasted inventory growth through the end of the presidential one dollar coin program, according to the report. However, however, I don't know how they can forecast this because the presidential dollar coin program doesn't have a specific termination date. According to the Presidential $1 Coin Act of 2005... At some point, they are going to run out of presidents, right? 
We should hope. According to the Act, <laughs> it says this: No coin issued may bear the image of a living former or current president, or of any deceased former president during the two-year period following the date of the death of that president. Wow! So you have to wait two years uh, after a guy dies before you can print. So up we're a not coin. even going to start. What Nixon uh, maybe is the the newest one? Reagan? Maybe, has that been two years? It's I been over yeah. two years since Reagan died. But Carter's not dead. So what right. are they going to skip from Nixon to Carter? Maybe the I issuance- hope they skip. Ford? Ford? The issuance of the presidential there? coins is to end when each president has been so honored, subject to the restrictions against depicting a living former current president or one who's died recently. So, so there's I'm, no date on the end, but it will end once they've done it for all the, the, the dead presidents. I, well, I mean, I suppose it could, but if it was successful, they'll, believe me, they'll find other things to print on it. My question, Which it's not to successful, stamp it with. but they could call it successful. My question is this. Um, so the $1, they, they've switched all the other bills over to this sort of big president head thing. Yeah. And, and some of them have, uh, you know, stuff in them. It's oh, those are way better. Different colors, and they have little strips in them so that they can't be copied. Have they ever done that with $1 bills? I mean, aren't they still the no. regular no. George Washington one? Yeah. So all the better reason. Just take the George Washington bills, start grinding those things up into confetti, and um, off they go. Wait, Mark's why? Getting, Mark's getting into his control freak mode. Yeah. Can you tell? Okay, I, yeah. I, and I would, <laughs> I would get these Native American ones. They're made by the Mint instead of those darn Federal Reserve clunkers. He's he's whipping them out. Well, I'm I, taking a look at these bills. <laughs> I've got a few one dollar bills. Do you have any dollar really coins in your pocket there, Mark? That. No, no coins. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, you, they you don't, guys I don't get them that to change. Cla- do you remember that classic game Lemmings, where the little guys on the screen would just walk like right off a cliff as <laughs> yes. long as you didn't tell them like D- they had Derek to turn? Derek thinks that he's young enough to think some video games are classic. <laughs> <laughs> there are <laughs> classics. Lemmings is old. So, but this this just reminds me of that game. That game's like, probably the, as old as Derek is. <laughs> classic is Monopoly. All right. Well, the the people who are working at the Mint and the Fed, I, I just see them as these little lemmings who are just waiting for orders up on high. Where's that magic <laughs> mouse going to tell me when to stop doing this ridiculous act? Yeah, why are what? we printing these things? Why do we do it? <laughs> I'm pointing them. The people who are working there must know that nobody uses them. They yeah. must know in their heart and in their you know just in their mind. They're getting about fifty like, percent of them back. Well, they work for the government. If they haven't lost all their direction, they will at some point. Well, I'm just saying, not even the upper level people. I'm talking Joe Schmo, who's like pulling levers. Mm-hmm. He knows that these things are worthless and that nobody wants them. Yeah, but, but he's getting a paycheck, so what does he care? Well, I, you know, I think that he could at least tell someone, like, look, guys, this isn't working out. I, I don't think it needs to go through the law to, to make it stop. I think that the people who are pulling the levers could just say, like, I've had enough of this craziness. I'm not a lemming, That's and I'm going to stop making these <laughs> You are a utopian. Coins. I mean, that is, uh, <laughs> or an idealist, because that is, you know, that's kind of the same thing as people say, well, if only the people who are running the jails would just let people out, then, you know, I wish we'd they solve would. the problem. I, I do, too. But none of those folks are courageous enough to do it on that level, and certainly the average Mint employee isn't going to want to sacrifice the chance that they might you know, get fired or the, you know, the, the, they've got this sweet government job. They're not going to put that in jeopardy. It doesn't matter to them whether or not the, the program is a success. Unlike the sales associate at a uh, department store, you know, like a sales associate that's getting paid hourly doesn't really care that much about whether or not the store chain survives or dies. Ultimately, though, his decisions on how to handle customers will make a difference as to whether or not he has a job 10 years in the future Absolutely. if he's 
stays at that one store. But it's hard to get those people to care uh, about that sort of thing. But that same mentality doesn't necessarily apply to the the government worker because that government worker has got a sweet job. He doesn't want anything. Yeah, nothing's going to nothing's going to shut down his store. Right to happen to it, and right nothing will shut it down. So it doesn't matter what he thinks about what he's doing. I don't know. I think you're you're giving too much credit to any government job. I think so, a lot of the people who work for these places aren't saying sweet a big paycheck they're just saying i have to work here or my family starves i I think that's the case for most of the people the part i don't understand is these presidential coins are issued by the federal reserve the federal reserve isn't exactly a government agency and doesn't have the same motivations that it does also government agencies the idea that they wouldn't employ force is what absolutely i find insane here i mean it's a relatively small amount of force which is let's just take the dollar bills as we get them back here grind them up into confetti we won't print as a matter of fact we just don't print any more dollars here right that's how they they get old well they're not doing it though but that's how they would do it if they wanted to right so and then then people will have to use these little uh, bottle caps that we're calling presidential Mm -hmm. uh, dollar (laughs) coins and then you know that solves the problem the why the government doesn't employ force and the smallest um, most uh, legitimate kind of force i can think of why they don't do it in this point just goes to show what an incredibly inefficient organization it is yeah i see what you're saying and your point was that using these coins is better for the government because they last they last they last 10 times as long i'm not kidding they really do last 10 times as long i say waste the government's money well that, that that's what let them run out of steam waste their five dollar bills if that's what you want to do one eight five five four fifty free is the toll-free number you can bring up whatever's on your mind whether it's uh the news about the occupy thing we still have to talk about the albany situation there and you can of course take control of these airwaves bring up anything you want child molesting cop on the way to free talk live when the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You may dial in toll free and bring up anything you want at 855 453. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And you can join us on our website as well over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, still to come, a police officer who's uh, also a child molester apparently 
He molested somebody. And uh, also, let's see, the latest on the Occupy movements. We started talking right. about that last hour, and there was another point to get to on that. So we'll uh, we'll do our best. But first, your calls. Let's go to Cole, listening in Mississippi. Cole, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark. Hey. Hey, Cole, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I've been a uh, Ron Paul supporter for a few years now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was looking at a website like UK Libertarian, and uh, they had a link to a YouTube video of Ron Paul saying things that make me think that he's a voluntarist more than a minarchist like I had assumed. Right. I tend to think you may be right about that. I think Ron Paul plays a role as a, as a minarchist, but secretly uh, is you know he he holds voluntarist viewpoints uh, more so than he might let on to. Well, one can be a voluntarist that is practically applied as a minarchist, and I think that this is probably the best uh, explanation for me because if you know, like, there's two ways to, uh, to get to voluntarism. You know, tomorrow the government shuts down, we force it to shut down, and then we you know something rises up in its place or um, you've got the situation where you try, sort of try to shut down or minimize government programs along the way, and then at, so, at some point, hopefully, the government withers and dies. Well, neither of those are, are the two ways to get to voluntarism, in my opinion. The, there's only one way, and that is to change people's hearts and minds and to get them to reject the idea of the violent monopoly. What do you think, And Derek? Ron Paul is doing those things. I think Ron Paul is strongest as a writer. I mean, Cole, I've shared some of your uh, views where you're looking at Ron Paul saying, are you sure he's a minarch? Because everything he's saying seems to be, you know, anarchist, voluntarist, however you want to look at it. He, he doesn't seem to um, support any taxes. Uh, he's even gone on the record saying, you know, yeah, that it's something... Yeah, he said on CNN that taxation is theft. Right. Yeah. And he'll say that, you know, he wants uh, to target, you know, 10% uh, as a good tax uh, rate, but then he said it would eventually go to zero if if he had his way. So... That's that's a voluntarist perspective. What else did you want to share tonight, Cole? He said that force is wrong, no matter who does it. So, yeah, absolutely. I I think you're right. I think Mark is right about this too. That that he is a voluntarist in a role of a minarchist, trying to minimize whatever damage he can that the federal government's doing. And I I have appreciation for that. And he's done a lot. He's done a lot more than than most liberty minded uh, folks. Of course, he's also been around for a while and had the uh, had a longer opportunity. Cole, anything else you want to share? Um, nothing right now. Thanks for the Thank call. You. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. Let's talk to Kelvin in Colorado on the amp lines. Hey, Kelvin. Hey, Ian. Hey. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Uh, this is just uh, intended as some uh, constructive criticism, not meant to be personal to anybody there at all. Uh, just uh, last night, Ray... Uh, called in, and he was trying to pass on some of his uh, hard-won wisdom regarding investments or interest or something like that. Uh, And I was really interested and looking forward to hearing exactly what he had to say, Uh, but he kept getting derailed about, uh, like, who precisely was responsible to repay the government and who pays which kind of taxes and how much and all that sort of thing. And uh, I think your audience pretty much got... Uh, got your point uh, and probably agreed with it, but I don't think that I actually got Ray's point. So what was he calling about? I don't even remember. uh, He was talking about, uh, let's see, I own, own, you were talking about how many people 
what percentage of the public actually owns their house outright. And he called in and was saying how he, he owns like four houses. Yeah, okay. And, that he, yeah, and how successful he was. And then he was trying to get into something about, it sounded like uh, state bonds or, or something like that. It sounded like it was may have been some real uh, good information for, for people to know. Uh, and you guys kept getting into disagreements about, well, you know, who actually owns owes this money that's being paid back. Well, right, because he, asser- he kept asserting that uh, that we owed the government's debts, that, uh, that there was like a $20,000 amount on everybody's head that, uh, that we're all liable for. And I, and I can't, you know, I just can't let uh, that kind of misinformation get out there. I think a lot of people believe that to be true because the people in the media, con- you know, they're constantly saying, well, no, the debt at uh, this number you owe, this is your portion, Americans. This is what you and your family owe. And I just can't stand that because it's nonsense. A bunch of men sitting in Washington, a bunch of men and women sitting in Washington making choices uh, that I have nothing to do with in no way obligates me to whatever debts that they uh, that they come on board with. So you felt like he was trying to give some sort of financial advice out? Well, how did he get four houses and pay them off, I think? Well, he's been a successful businessman. He was talking at one point about how you know kids today. You know, we, we're talking about the education system and how kids just aren't taught financial intelligence. And we actually had Ray on for well, I think it was well over a, a segment. Um, so you know, if he didn't get around to his point, then uh, it's probably more on his fault than anything else. Uh, well, uh, I guess I would say that's uh, debatable, but uh, we I think we all understood where you were coming from. Is that well, the mindset of the the people owe this money, but when they didn't actually spend it, was was in you know obviously incorrect to us. But well, I don't know. I don't, you, I don't know if you get to you speak for it. everyone that's listening to the show. Uh, no, I, okay, so, what was your experience, you, Calvin? Uh, pardon me. What was your experience in listening? What did you feel you didn't uh, get to hear? Well, I I don't feel like he he was he got to. Uh, get finish his point because he was busy arguing over this thing about you know who actually owns the taxes. It does take two to argue, right? Uh, uh, I wasn't here. I don't know. Okay, Kelvin, do do you also think it's important that the information that you're getting is accurate? Because it it sounds like uh, when Ray was speaking with the Ian and Mark that they felt like some of the information he was Mark wasn't here, but okay, go ahead uh, when. Ray was speaking, some of his information was inaccurate, saying that uh, we own uh, owe debt. It, well, the, I have to agree with them. That's that's really not accurate and, and calls for interruption. Uh, no, that's true. And once that point was was made, and you pay, you know, I would think you guys would agree to disagree on the on you know that subject uh, and move on to him. Being able to say whatever it was that he was. Well, you know, so I see. So I see. I see where you're coming from, and this is one of the things where you run on a talk show. Uh, somebody can only be on for so long because, in some cases, there are other people that are calling in, and we have to make room for other folks to get their thoughts on the air as well. Uh, so there's always that that factor, and plus, at any time, somebody can wear on. You know, the ca- a caller can wear on an individual, and so every call is it's completely arbitrary how. How long somebody lasts. If it's an interesting discussion, it'll last for multiple segments. If it's something that's really brief, it'll be brief. And so Ray is somebody who's called this show multiple times in the in the past. 
He's someone who will likely call the show again. So I'm sure if he feels as though he didn't get something out that he feels like he should get out, he can call back about it. Okay, ex- excellent. Uh, yeah. It's excellent one, it's one call would... per night maximum, and uh, so people can take advantage <laughs> of that. Let him talk. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, that's great, and I appreciate what you're saying. And uh, So what else? I want to say, I, I wanted to compliment you guys on how, you know, normally when these uh, many people call in, and you guys are incredible with how patient you are with people, and I just couldn't do it, especially when uh, whoever it is, the bigot, calls in, and you guys just calmly try to logic your way through it. Sometimes Scott the Bigot lasts, for instance, you bring up Scott the Bigot, and I'll tell you what, I'll I'll put you on hold because I know you had something else you wanted to say. Sometimes if you've got something else you want to get out there, you also have to let us know as well. Otherwise, we're just going to move on. Yep, see you later, bye-bye. But sometimes (laughs) sometimes when the bigot, uh, Scott the Bigot, calls in, you know, sometimes he'll get a short amount of time, and there's been times when we've actually opened up the phones and allowed other people to call in and talk to Scott, where he's been on for multiple segments. Thankfully, that hasn't happened in a while, just because I can't handle him for very long anymore. More coming up, Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we'll give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com features including our bulletin board system. And if you haven't been to the BBS in recent times, like as in the last few years, A lot of people dropped off. They haven't come back because it wasn't the most welcoming place. It was uh, kind of an experiment for a long time. It was uh, an experiment in an unmoderated or rather virtually unmoderated place. It ended up uh, needing moderation you know, because anonymity and private property don't mix very well because people behave differently than they normally would if they would be identifiable. Some people. Absolutely. Lots of people behave differently if they are anonymous. And yep. so now there are more, uh, a few more rules, a few more moderators. Uh, the forums have been changed up a little bit. And I think that uh, you're going to, I think you'll have a different experience, hopefully, if you visit the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. As before, it's a free feature on our website. If you don't have a different experience, consider that you might be the problem. bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. So let's go back to Kelvin. He is with us in Colorado on the amp lines. Hello, Kelvin. Uh, thanks for holding me over. Uh, I wanted to talk also about uh, last night, your female co-host, I believe her name was Julia. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she brought up a news story about how there was a government school somewhere where they used a fake active shooter threat to contain the students while the, the police ran the dope dogs through the search for 
contraband. Yeah, they locked kids uh, in their oh. classrooms, uh, you know, turn all the lights off, close the blinds, that kind of thing, and then they right. ran drug dogs through the whole school. What? Yeah. Yikes. I, 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 I just want to comment that I find that incredibly irresponsible, even for the government. Because, uh, I wonder what would happen uh, if a bunch of those students called or texted their parents that they were under attack. Hmm. Uh, around here, after uh, Columbine, and, you know, out here in Colorado, we... Uh, we like our guns. Uh, uh-huh. uh, the police waited a very long time before they finally went into uh, Columbine, uh, and they were criticized severely about that. Uh, I could see some parents uh, heading down to the school with their own firearms uh, to take care of the problem themselves. Yeah, so, I see where you're coming uh, from on this that. This is a, a, a really poor judgment on someone's part if that news story was you know, entirely factual. So. Keldon, thanks for the thoughts and the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. That just reminds me that the government knows no other way to deal with problems than through threats of violence. Yeah, it's absolutely insane that they would do that, that they would say, you know, they would tell kids that there's terrorists in the building rush to your rooms and then the cops come in with uh drug dogs and well, shake I don't down think the they place came into the rooms i think they ran the drug dogs around right that's like not what i lockers I, I wasn't trying to say that the cops came into their uh the the homerooms oh, okay. or anything the cops you know they told the kids to go to their you know classrooms and hide under the desks and pull the curtains or whatever it is that the protocol is for terrorist threats and then they went through the kids lockers and that, to me, that's entirely irresponsible. Anything could have happened. And then, of course, the, the police, I mean, if a parent would have would have locked and loaded and gone in there and saved the day from terrorists, he'd have been a hero or she would have been a hero. However, since the terrorists in this case were a bunch of cops with drug dogs, then he would have been gunned down. And, yep. and people would have talked about why we have to get these black rifles out of people's hands. That's very interesting how there could have been two different sets of circumstances had the government been telling the truth. The truth, right. The, the in, in the unlikely circumstance that the government tells the truth, things could have been very, told the truth, things could have been very, very bad. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. We started the show out by, uh, Derek, you had an update on what was happening at Occupy Oakland. Right. Because I had discussed over the weekend that, I think it was the weekend. Anyway, and they, actually it was last night, but it was a story from over the weekend about how Occupy Oakland was standing firm against a threat from the Oakland government to take them out of the park. The Oakland government did kind of back down for a short while, but then a couple days later... As in this morning, early like four or five a.m. this morning, right, uh, came in with at what is described as hundreds of officers. Yeah, that's and, what the tweets were saying too. The the people were saying there are at least a hundred cop cars, and vans, <laughs> and Hummers. Wow, hundreds and hundreds of cops attacking at dawn. Uh, right. you know, it's yeah. interesting the, the the tactics they use. They don't want the news media there. They don't want their their actions seen. Um, they they're once again operating under the cover of darkness. They're and cowards. They're, they're operating in the fashion of an uh, of an occupying or attacking army. Absolutely, they are. And I just you know I just I'm amazed that Americans accept this from well, their government. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Now, when you say you're amazed that Americans accept this, what do you propose? 
I just don't know. Well, that's just it. Most people don't know what the hell to do about this. I think a lot of people don't give a uh, give a crap. They've they've decided that the Occupy people are not them. Right, dirty hippies. They, who cares what happens? They are not us, so they must be them. Yeah. And so, therefore, it doesn't matter what happens to them. I think that's accurate. Yeah. So, um, I think that people, to some extent, accept it because, oh well, I don't care what happens to them because this is a dualistic, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, government system we have, and they are bad and we are good. They have no good ideas we only only we yeah. have good ideas and so i think you're right about that i bet you the uh i think the, the folks that maybe maybe on the more the left side of things had a tea party had a bunch of mass arrests they might have thought the same way good i'm glad those stinking bigots got it yeah well i i don't know if i agree with either of you that the public views the occupy movement as a them because not I, the it, public but the people on the right right because there's a certain oh, there's basically the way it seems to be is that or the way it is made to appear is that the occupy movement is a left movement and the tea party movement is a right movement and so the people on the right are looking at the occupy movement and holding their noses up at them and in the same way maybe some of the people on the left might hold their noses at the tea party okay. when Point of fact, there may actually be some crossover between the two, but no one would ever know that unless they actually attended both events right. and talked to multiple people at both events. But the intention is to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it certainly seems that way. It's it's getting um, more divisive, but it's I'm happy to see that there are people uh, stepping in to, you know, talk about capitalism and how effective that has been in pulling the poor out of. Um, their bad situation. No, so, wait, didn't you say that? Uh, tell me off the air. Uh, some Hollywood star came in. Yeah, Alex, Alex Baldwin, Baldwin was was just at Occupy Wall Street, who's uh, well known as like a commie, right? In in the world of of Hollywood. No, I I don't. That's not the impression I I got from this is Alex Baldwin. Is... I always got uh, the impression that he was like this super capitalist freak. Really? Um, yeah, and maybe that's just from watching Thirty Rock, but that's the character he plays. <laughs> well, I think that uh, doesn't he do voiceovers for NPR? I mean, people that are doing yeah. voiceovers for NPR generally aren't your super uh, super capitalist types. That's why when I saw this story about him coming in advocating capitalism, I thought it was tongue in cheek. I thought he was he was doing satire. No, he seemed completely serious. I have to say, I watched the video. Uh, he what was, was he going saying? in and just basically saying to these people that. Um, the U.S. needs to have capital markets with their uh, capital flowing, and he just is concerned that if the Federal Reserve goes away, that there won't be um, capital markets uh, with where capital is flowing freely. So he came in to defend the Federal Reserve? He he said he didn't know enough about the Federal Reserve to be for or against it, but he was concerned about capital markets. We'll come back with more. You can take control of the airwaves, 855-450-FREE. You can bring up whatever's on your, uh, whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at fff at fff.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's fff at fff.org.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. You can dial in toll-free at 855-453-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Derek J. And Mark. And we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there completely free. Uh, We've got our listening options included you can tune in Free Talk Live via our uh, broadband and dial-up streams. So two different uh, flavors of streams for your internet connection preference. Uh, you can use either one anytime, 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is airing there for you. Uh, plus, you can also, of course, grab archives, a bunch of them. Uh, radio stations, you'll learn about uh, over 100 stations that carry the show throughout the week. And our XM satellite radio channels, the details on that, our free-to-air channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that uh, allow you to dial long distance and listen over any phone. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. Derek J. Is that a Vaporsmith's uh, e-cigarette that you have in your hand? Why, yes, this is a Vaporsmith's <laughs> e-cigarette I have in my hand, and I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Yeah, you were talking about how you've uh, you've kicked the cigarette habit for now, and you're you're using uh, e-cigarettes. Is that right? That is correct. Now so, this is new, right? Like as of the last week. As yes, on Tuesday I did not have it, and I got it. I received it Wednesday, and so I've had it for almost a week now. I've been loving it. So you bought the what forty cardamizers they offer there for sixty. Nine ninety nine and got the free starter kit. That's a, That's absolutely right. Yeah, and um, so far so good. Have you used an e cigarette previously? I have never used an e cigarette before, uh, except for a few others. Uh, I know that uh, Dale, one of the other uh, co-hosts, has. Uh, had one and he let me try his. I enjoyed it and he hooked me up. Uh, it was a Vaporsmith's one off. It was also. Vaporsmith's, yes. So, I mean, one of the things about the Vaporsmith's uh, vaporizer, the e-cigarette, is that it uh, it produces more vapor than the your sort of your average one, say the chintzy one that you might get on the internet mm. or something like that. And, by the way, they offer it uh, completely free. So, it uh, they have a special booster thing in there that makes it uh, better. I've it's, never known anything besides the uh, the Vaporsmith's. Right, it's right. a great, great product from what I can tell. And it's uh, 22 Two thousand times healthier than smoking by some metrics. Um, you know the the worst thing about smoking isn't the nicotine; it's the other crap in the cigarette that kills you. Nicotine well, doesn't kill you. Well, the smoke's probably not good for you either. It, like it, smoke in your lungs, it's probably not good. But well, the vapors probably. I mean, like it's only better, not good, right? So, a lot better. Yeah, I would say it's a lot better yeah. too. Also, no, you don't smell like cigarettes anymore. No. That's a kind of a bonus. Is that have you noticed that? Yeah, that is huge. I I started uh, regaining my ability to smell other people's smokiness. Oh wow! So that's, that's pretty great. And and it's only been a week. Now now I, I can I smell can... what other people right. have smoked. Awesome. <laughs> this is what I used to smell like. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So um, you know, if you want to enjoy these advantages for yourself, just try it. I mean, if you're a cigarette smoker, just try it. It's, uh, it's all you have to do is go to vaporsmiths.com. You can get the get forty cardamizers. I think they're sixty nine ninety nine if I'm if I'm not mistaken there, and you'll get a free starter kit. You'll get free shipping. It's vaporsmiths.com. If you don't have a computer or you can't remember, call eight five five two get vapor. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's Vaporsmiths.com. All right. So we've been talking about the Occupy uh, situation around the country, around the world. These Occupy movements have been going on. Uh, people, as you know, if you, haven't, if you haven't been paying attention, if you're living under a rock, uh, people have been in the streets. They've been camping out in public parks and even some private parks where the private uh, landowners have, uh, have given permission. And it's happening in, in major cities and even some smaller uh, cities as well, where people are getting together and they're expressing what I think is overall a frustration with the status quo, with the way things are. Uh, as far as solutions, people aren't really in agreement on what 
is going to be the solution to what these problems are, but a lot of people can identify the problems, and that's a good step, you know, to know that there's something wrong. That's huge, yeah. that people are coming together in the same place to discuss the problems that they share. And they've been doing it for a long time, now well over a month that they've been gathering at Wall Street, which is kind of where it all began in this country. It's my understanding it actually started in Spain prior to uh, going to Wall Street. And so it's been over a month, uh, many of these other locations probably for a couple weeks or three three weeks, and it's a, it's a significant effort on the part of, of these folks who've come out to uh, to stand together in solidarity and you know, in favor of changing something about this. And hopefully we can get more liberty-oriented people out to these events, whether they be Occupy movements or the tea parties. I don't know if they're still having these tea parties. I haven't seen one around here in a long time. Uh, but to get to, to get liberty-oriented people out to these events, to put information into people's hands, to have conversations with, uh, with people, I think it's one of the most important things things that an activist can do right now. It's easy. We get on the air here all the time. We say, join the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, get active in New Hampshire. And I still think that's the best long-term viable strategy to achieve true liberty in our lifetime. But I think that... uh, that if you are an activist, if you fancy yourself an activist, or if you want to be an activist, then this is a great opportunity. You, you need to seize whatever opportunities come up. Uh, you can create your own if you want, but this, you know, if there's something that happens in your area and you can jump on board with it and 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 affect it and affect people and give them new ideas and and connect with them, then. You know, don't miss out on that. Right. This can be happening anywhere you are. So if if there's uh, an Occupy movement going on just 30 minutes away, there are tons of resources over at freekeen.com where you can just uh, print out flyers, um, postcards, and all kinds of things. That the plea people... deal flyer is great. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's don't, huge. Don't because... take a plea deal because that one's a nationwide thing. Like there's some stuff at the Freekeen site that's kind of keen targeted and wouldn't really make sense anywhere else but the don't take the plea deal there is actually a national version of that flyer there's one that's designed for new hampshire and another one that's national so you could take that sucker and print it out and absolutely get that in the people's hands especially don't take the plea deal because a lot of the people who are at the occupy movements are aware that they may be arrested that's right they may be facing a judge so i think it's important to get people thinking about the ideas of liberty before it reaches that point Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, so that they can be prepared. It's very important to have that preparation if you're going to engage in something that could result in your arrest, in this case, occupying a park. Uh, you know, it's a relatively peaceful activity, but the, the cops will arrest you for all kinds of peaceful things these days. And if you're not a, an experienced activist who's done civil disobedience in the past and has experience with the system and getting arrested, you don't want to go in blind. You, you want to know what's going to happen or at least what you intend for yourself, what you want, how you want to handle something. So to presume that you're going to get arrested and then ask yourself, well, what do I do then? Because it's easy to get to the point of being arrested. It's the rest of it that's the, the, the difficult part. I've said before, the dark side of civil disobedience is having to go to court. I mean, this, it's oh, the, that's the awful part about <laughs> civil disobedience is so empowering. It's so important and great. And uh, I, I'm proud to have been involved in it. And I'm sure I will in the future again at some point. Uh, I'm certainly I support it as much as I possibly can. But the nasty side of it is having to deal with their system and, you know, go into hearings and have to show up at their court trials and have it, to deal with the man in the robe and the, the bailiffs with their attitudes. It can be overwhelming and scary and if you're not prepared but if you're if you're prepared it could be a totally different story. You could walk in there with a, a solid head on your shoulders and and know uh that 
you'll be all right when it when it all comes out. I think some so. preparation is always important, but ultimately that first time it's always going to be intimidating <laughs> uh, because they're they're very good at intimidating people. That's what they're trained to do, and it's an overwhelming thing as well when you don't really know what you're getting into. I mean, even if you've read, you can read all you want, right? Like you can you can absorb information, you can listen to other people's experiences, but nothing substitutes for being there. You know, sitting at the defendant's table and having to handle that situation in that moment. I mean, mm. the, the first time you pretty much can count on you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna screw something up. Uh, in fact, I've screwed plenty of things up uh, in court multiple times. So, and it, if you videotape it, someone will tell you what you've screwed up. <laughs> a couple, right. a few times, s- several different people can tell you what you've uh, done wrong. But that's if you're nice enough to hold yourself accountable as yeah. well as everyone else, because we know the courts don't put their videos out online. Certainly. Certainly. So oh, and we, we also the activists for that. One other way to help when you're in court uh, is to have people back you up. So we know that in uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement, they have, I think it's last time I heard it was, unless they've dropped the charges, and I haven't heard that they have, but there are 60 people that are facing court in one day. I think it's November 15th. And when you go into court with other people, that helps. That Don't helps. forget jury outreach. But this is too. New York City. And so what, what is their courts going to be like? You know, I mean, is it, it? You saw what happened to the Lemonadeistas um, in Washington D.C. They barely even got a chance to uh, plead. By the way, they've been they've all had the charges, charges have, dropped, have dropped, goodness. but not initially. That's true. Never initially. They always wait till the last moment. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the toll free number. You take control. Bring up anything. Free talk live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may bring up what you'd like, but you'll have to use this toll-free number, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Now, speaking of SACL CAI, they do collections with respect. It's different from your average collections company, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, that's right. J- um, Jason Osborne, one of the principals over there at, Jace- at uh, SACL CAI, big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. You know, they've designed a, a company that will do accounts receivable for you, but they're going to treat your clients with respect, too. You want to find out more? Go to freetalklive.com. It's top banner on the right-hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI. Still to come, uh, the situation in Albany where folks uh, there at the Occupy movement have had actually had a real success when it comes to the police who were ordered to crack down on these folks. And we've seen these crackdowns happening across the country. Uh, Occupy Oakland was cracked down upon this morning and completely cleared out of the park there. So uh, we'll tell you what happened in Albany. But first, John is listening in Hibbing. Uh, that's Minnesota, by the way, to WNMT. Hello, John. Hello. Hey, uh, have you ever heard of the book called From Freedom to Slavery by Jerry Spence? Jerry Spence. I have not. Okay. Jerry Spence got famous when he defended Randy Weaver in there. He did it for free. And he wrote he wrote three different books. One is, uh, well, one of them was From Freedom to Slavery. 
and you can uh, get it at the library, or he put out a cassette tape thing where you can listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's about uh, how uh, our country was free at one time, and now uh, it's not. When was it free? Hmm. Uh, when was it free? I guess during the time that they were fighting the revolution. Well, I mean, uh, so I when there was no one in control. I don't know. <laughs> I but this it, is this is one sort of meme, and I'm not saying I disagree. I mean, the, the country has been freer for some people in some ways in the past, but I think that there's a. I, I think that one of the pitches of the liberty movement is that we must return to liberty, and I don't think. We have ever been in liberty. If you can think about what it might have been like, not to if say, you're a woman or a black guy, right? Been yeah. an, uh, an Indian, a woman, a black guy, somebody the, under the age of 21 in the Revolutionary War period, you weren't particularly free. If you were a white landowning male over the age of 21, you were probably somewhat more free. Than you were probably more free um, before the Revolutionary War and after at that point too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know all, all that, but but it's interesting listening to your program, but. I could get into a lot of lot of bunny trails, but but this book uh, from Freedom to Slavery was was really quite a, a quite a book. It explains about how they're picking out the ones on the fringe benefit, you know, the fringe, and then they're working closer and farther and farther into the pack. Well, they that sure much are. is true. What are some of the signs of slavery? Uh, well, where, where you have to make reports, uh, you, you know, you make reports of uh, how much you earn, what you do with it, where you you know, where you give your money to. And so like obligations to other people that you don't yeah, choose. Yeah, we're, we're our own taskmasters. You know, we, we we have to keep reports on ourselves. Hey, Perry's looking to make it easier for you to uh, to, to taskmaster yourself. He's a, How's this? The Perry, uh, Perry yeah. the, the, the presidential candidate, is well, looking I'm... to uh, put put a flat tax, if you want, at 20%, or you can have the old tax system, uh-huh. whichever's better for you. Oh, gross. John, well, thanks for the suggestion. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. I would uh, say that the more accurate title would be From Slavery to Slavery. Right. Uh, because, or slavery to more subtle slavery. Because essentially that's what's happened, is that uh, slavery existed back then. And it still exists today. It's just different. Serfdom, slavery. I mean, the the term is certainly uh, it from slavery to serfdom. It's it's softer than it it used Wait, to be. Which uh, is softer. We, what we have now is a softer. What we experience for ourselves is a softer form of well, fla- right. slavery. As, than, well, as the gentleman just said, you're your own taskmaster to some extent. I mean, yeah, we right. know there is the man with the whip out there somewhere. Or in this case, the man with the car and the flashy badge and the and the gun. But ultimately, you are more controlling of your own self now than you might have been on a on a plantation. You know, a couple hundred years ago. Okay, so there's more freedom. Is that is, is that what he's saying that? If you're your own taskmaster, well, you have he more saying. freedom. Well, there's the freedom to pick your career, or um, there's the freedom to choose yeah, whether or not is you want to work. That works out better for the masters. It, absolutely, uh, so, yes. it's a, it's free range slavery is okay, essentially yeah, exactly, what we have exactly. um, here. And I don't, uh, you know, it. I, I I know some people don't like to hear the term slavery used right. uh, in conjunction with what uh, we are in the United States. But if you want to earn money, you must give a portion of the fruits of your labor to the government as though they own you and your labor 
you know, they'll say, well, we, uh, you know, the government built this nation so that you could do this. Well, I, I would say, in fact, the government built nothing. The government produces nothing. It couldn't possibly have built anything that, in fact, previous entrepreneurs built things. So maybe we should give to these foundations that these entrepreneurs put in place, not to the government. Other, and also other people say, well, you're free to leave. And bull hockey, you are not free to leave. You actually have to pay an exit tax. And in the what time, if you're a felon? In the well, it, it depends on where you want to <laughs> go. I can yeah. go to Mexico. I can't go to Canada. Really, um, oh, I am a felon. Geez. The but you know the idea of leaving. It used to be that uh, slaves in Roman times uh, could buy their own freedom. Julius Caesar was a slave at one point, bought his own freedom. Mm. Slaves bought their freedom all the time. So in order to leave the country, you need to pay an exit tax. Tell me you're not a slave, please. I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave. Call in and tell me why you're not a slave, because oh, I want to know. I mean, let me know. People, you know, you, you can claim I'm crazy on the show. Please call in and tell me why you're not a slave. La, 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 I can't hear you. I'm not a slave. <laughs> I have spent a lot of time studying sort of, uh, you know, slavery and what it has meant in the world. And I, the best conclusion I can come up with is, okay, I don't like using the term slave either. I like free range slave. Free-range surf, you can pick one of those if you prefer them. Well, that's why I'm such a big fan of people who are doing agorism, this uh, business without asking government permission. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the real path for an individual to follow to real freedom um, from this slavery. I, I know a lot of people can relate to the feeling of signing up for a new job, filling out that W-2, and knowing that a portion of your labor is going to be going to the organization that may imprison you, shoot, and and uh, harm your friends and may shoot and harm other people you don't even know halfway around the world that's where some of your money is going it's an awful feeling and it certainly feels like a slave so if you can find a way to work outside of that and uh, not ask permission to do business and keep what you earn then you're you're working towards uh, being a free individual yeah we call those drug dealers the um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting no, to it's me more than just that <laughs> um, the drug dealers are probably the largest portion of the the, the black market community but they could also be food vendors. They could be. Um, what There's a lot I'd of like that to point at Porkfest. Out, I'd like to point out is about the, uh, the the government and their little forms. You have to fill out the forms to pay them their money and then sign it on the bottom that says, if we if I filled out this form fraudulently, you can and cage me. That you'll put me in a cage and they can't even answer their own questions. If you call the IRS helpline about 50% of the time, maybe they've gotten better over the years, I don't know. But at one point, about 50% of the time, they couldn't answer their own uh, frequently asked questions accurately. Um, accurately. Well, didn't Tim Geithner even misreport one of his uh, taxes? That was one of the things that uh, people were complaining about when he was given his position of high authority that this this guy Tim Geithner had... wait the politicians will cheat on their taxes <laughs> no it's shocking I know but this guy is supposedly in charge of the treasury collecting taxes right. and by the way it's not fair for me to it's not fair for me to call it cheating uh, because you're it's not he's cheating. not getting right. away with anything right there's by by uh, able so to called, keep his labor well by right by so called cheating on your taxes you're just keeping what's yours right you know, it's, exactly. it's like it's like keeping uh you know a few hundred dollars inside uh, your your shoe or something like that so if you get robbed you know are you cheating the robber by not reaching down taking your shoe off and handing him the extra 
hundred bucks that you've got in there. Uh, he, you know? Geithner may very well have been working for the government before he took over the head of the Treasury position. And then one has to ask, is he I mean, if you work for the government, the government wants to take a portion of your wages. Are you then cheating? I think you are because you, you have to. pledged to this organization. Good point. I have mm-hmm. never pledged to this organization, not in any real way. I mean, certainly when I was a um, you know mind numbed student, I was told to uh, you know yeah. put my hand over my heart and say a, say a prayer to the graven image that's in red, white, and blue hanging from the uh, the ceiling. Your there. god, yeah, the, the the god of the state, but uh, the icon that is the god of the state. I, I certainly did that, no doubt, and I think most kids have. Um, even the ones that didn't do it still only do it because their parents told them not to do it. So. You know, I, the, it's to me, it's despicable to take kids and indoctrinate them this way. Well, one other thing that's uh, despicable is how some of the police behave. We're going to get into some police news here in a little bit. The police, actually, a little bit good news about the police from Albany and the Occupy Albany uh, that's going on over there. But then some not so great news about a police officer, actually former judge and police officer, who has uh, been found guilty of molestation. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. You can also bring up whatever you'd like at 855 450 free. That's the toll free number, and it's brought to you by SACL CAI. 1 855 450 3733. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733 as we launch here into the third hour of this program. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Derek J. And Mark. And we invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them to you free. Those other talk show hosts... They want to charge you for accessing their sites. You can enjoy ours on the house over at freetalklive.com. And actually, you can create the content of the site. Uh, the stuff you see there when you go to freetalklive.com, there's different items. Some of them are newsy. Some of them are videos. Some of them are maybe an opinion piece on a blog. Uh, you can link to whatever you find on the Internet that you think is uh, is pretty special, and you can uh, share that with the rest of our listeners. And then the other folks that go to the website can vote, and you can vote on things too. And the most voted of make it to the front page and the top of the website. So it's like a social networking, social bookmarking site. Not, I guess social networking is not the accurate term. Social bookmarking is accurate. Uh, it's a social bookmarking site. But you can network with people if you want, right? There's the BBS. You can talk to people there, yeah. Uh, it's a social bookmarking site, and it's free. So go and get involved. And of course, it kind of has that liberty flavor to it because, well, most of our listeners that are hardcore enough to get on our website are likely of the, the liberty mindset. So go and enjoy over at freetalklive.com as we go to you and your thoughts. Some uh, police-related news on the way here, including a, a molesting cop first though it's jared listening in st paul minnesota jared you're on free talk live hello hey jared you're on the air what's on your mind tonight hi i just want to talk to you all for a second about roads please your little kooky anarchy society okay okay how exactly would that work question mark 
people would weigh, put would put concrete on the ground so that automobiles with rubber tires <laughs> could roll across them. Concrete's already on the ground. All right. So what's the next question? So you just think that, okay, no more government. Okay, roads are going to be fine for 50 years. Private well, property. Um, I mean, there will be people who take on private property, property and they maintain it. You're dumb. I'm sorry, you, we can't, couldn't quite hear you there. Can he you said s- that Derek, was d- Derek J. was dumb. Did you really just say that? Yep. Yeah, I, I said it. What, why would you it. say something like that? Does, does he sound he dumb, dumb to you? All he said was, he, I asked him a question. He said, private property. It's a dumb answer. Well, yeah, I, it did take some elaboration. Did you hear the rest of my response? No, no, I didn't hear it. Okay, well, the, there would be people who purchase the property and make it their own private property, and then they have an incentive to maintain it. So they purchased the roads from whom? Well, that that is a difficult question. Uh, that's the it's question is how do we get from who owns here? the roads now? I guess is the first question. The government. You think the government does? Because the government will tell you that yeah, you own the roads. We all do. That's not you. Sound like a communist, bro. Well, no, I'm just telling you, I've talked to people in the government and they have said exactly these words. I'm not calling you a communist. I'm not calling them a communist. I'm telling you what they've said. He just wants another cup of coffee, knows who owns the road. Okay, I get it, I get it. Sorry, you both were talking at the same time. So. I wasn't, uh, he was trying to start talking while I was No, he talking. was talking the whole time you were talking. Yeah, that's not true. Anyway, um, so what were you saying there, Jared? I was, I, you know, I honestly don't know at what point. There was a lasting conversation, but who would take care of these roads? Good question. Uh, so, yeah. really, the ultimate question is how do we get from here to there? And uh, to from here being uh, the current status quo, and there being the idea of what Derek suggested, where all roads are privately owned. Uh, and I think that Mark's right that the government doesn't own anything because the government is just a group of people that does business. Well, do you want an answer to your question? Jared, I want to ask you this Who takes care of the private roads in California right now? You know, I don't give a crap about the private roads in California. You just, you called in and asked this question. Mark, that's a dumb question. Well, what question do you want answered? It's the one you asked. I'm not talking about the current paradigm, Mark. I'm asking you, Jared. There are private roads right now in California. Who takes care of them? That really is cool. I'm glad that that exists. The answer is the owners. There are private roads in uh, Disney World and running through the, the, the town of Celebration. Who takes Who care of them? Buy the roads from. Well, uh, sometimes the, governments would, sell things at auctions. Like you may be familiar with uh, police auctions where they sell cars and uh, uh, contraband that nobody owns, right? See, this is a problem with Jared. Every time you attempt to answer one of his questions, he begins chatting in the middle of your answer. You don't even have a chance to get through because one or two sentences. Answers, dude. You don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, thanks well, for the call, then. 855-450-FREE. Okay. Like don't, to, don't, to, ask, don't ask a question if you don't want to hear the answer. Okay? He asked a, a few questions in that whole time we had him on the All of them are good air. ones. Yes, all of them are good, and we all attempted to get into a detailed answer to give him that uh, answer that he was looking for, and at one point he just begins blabbing in the middle of the answer. So he didn't want to hear the answer to the question. But at this point, we're going to answer it for him now that he's off the air. For so the rest there, of you that actually want to listen to There the are a couple of ways that roads could transition from the ownership of the government into the ownership of private uh, hands. Um, I think, to me, I, you know, uh, most roads were taken a portion of that land was taken from property owners. My deed actually says that the road was taken from uh, you know my land. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that I should have that piece of road returned to me. However, 
this you know this may not be the way that it transitions maybe the government will do an auction like derek said i don't trust the government to do an auction it's an extraordinarily um uh, you know inefficient organization that rewards its friends and punishes its enemies but you know it auctioning it off to a major you know international conglomerate is probably preferable to it owning it so maybe that would be the way that it would go maybe the government will fall apart completely, go completely insolvent, spend all the money it can possibly uh, spend and, and run off like bandits in the night and the roads are essentially left unrepaired for someone to com- claim them. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, someone claims them, uh, begins repairing them. That's their road. What I don't know. Um, it, you know, maybe... Homestead it or, or some sort of community group. I mean, around here in, in Keene, we've got a, a decent amount of activists and we're going to have more moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We'll tell you more about the Free State Project here in a little bit. But there was an old project a long time ago, the very beginning days of the, the Free State Project. Before I moved here, uh, the, the people that moved to Keene prior to me had uh, filled in some potholes around here. They just, on their own volition, saw that there was a problem Problem, and as caring members of the community went to solve that problem, they got mm-hmm. uh, gravel or whatever it was that they ended up using rocks or something like that. And actually, recently, someone else has been looking into it. I, th- I think it was Tally from Tally.tv. Uh, he's been looking into it and actually looked for you know some kind of more professional fill that you could use to fill these uh, these potholes in the road. So yeah, it could be a variety of different things. It could be a community project like uh, the United Way, for instance, right now is doing their annual fundraising drive. You know they're looking for a couple million bucks that's usually what they look for every single year here in in this area again small town keen uh so that could be something too where you know there's like just this road crew that earns money by doing a good job and people reward them i mean there could be various different ways this is done right and i'm glad that jacob did bring up the roads i think it's one of the most exciting things that people can uh start to use their imaginations about to see how would it work in a free society because i know when i'm on a government road i often think of how could this be better right and that would there if Roads were privately owned. People would have an incentive to actually improve the roads to, to so innovate. You could have, yeah, to, so you could have uh, wider lanes, or you know, just uh, no stop signs. Just find a way around it. Use uh, more roundabouts. There could be just all sorts of different solutions tested out. They'd have the incentive to innovate in those areas too. Because they'd be competing to some extent. I still believe that if the government wasn't involved, you'd have trains and flying cars because trains are a more efficient way to uh, to move things along the ground and they cost far less fuel and flying cars would not have been uh, stopped uh, as far as uh, the FAA and that kind of thing um, up to this point. Yeah, I mean, we can't really we don't know know what. The, the world of travel would look like today. But we do know that there are private roads right now, many private roads that currently exist in the current paradigm. And all I'm suggesting is that, A, the government is a bad maintainer of roads. B, it's a bad builder of roads. Yeah. And, you know, why in the world would you want an organization like this around? I mean, right now in my town, I've got to pay property taxes to maintain roads I don't use. And isn't it What's true the point that, in that? Isn't it true that in the 1800s that many roads were were built, like all the roads were built privately. They were built privately, and, by and the government and the government took them from people. Right. Actually, stole them. Yep. So, so I it mean, has been done. Know, what's right. this? Isn't that difficult? It's to been figure done out. with old tech hundreds of years ago. So there's no reason why it couldn't be done today with all the people new tech. People built we have. bridges actually for their own profit. There's more coming up here at eight five five four fifty three one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You guys are dumb. 
This is Free Talk Live. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at AllSuccessClub.com. Live, and you can bring up anything you want. The number for you, 855-453-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And you are invited to join us on our website as well, over at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there, and it includes dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video Showing that they're listeners of this program, go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see it there and get involved if you are a lady listener. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Coming up in February, February 23rd through the 26th. Mark your calendars. Make your plans to be in Nashua, New Hampshire for that Thursday through Sunday. If you can't make it for all the days, be there for as many as you can, because it's the 2012 Liberty Forum, and it's going to be back in a big way, because we missed the Liberty Forum this year. It didn't happen this year. They took a year off, unfortunately. It used to be a yearly event, and hopefully it will be a yearly event again. So it's coming back, uh, and it's going to be a great time, as always. Hundreds of people who love freedom will all be in the same place. We'll all be hanging out in the same hotel. Right in the dead of winter. Uh, I guess it's kind of getting toward the end of winter slightly, but not really. It's going to be really cold outside. But inside, it'll be toasty warm. It'll and... seem like winter if you're not from New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be having a good time at, uh, I think it's the Crown Plaza Hotel, same place it's been the last few years. And uh, Derek, I think it's you know, your first time. This will be my first time. I hope to make it smell like cannabis in there. You, you know, you know, it's not going to need you because <laughs> the, the whole, the whole <laughs> fourth floor. That's what I hear. The fourth floor was like... Uh, a whole hot box uh, last time I was there. <laughs> and uh, there's all kinds of you know fun stuff lots of you know obviously there're nighttime parties but there's there's families that attend this as well uh single folks couples lots of people coming to this event from all around the world to be together with other people of like mind to experience what it's like to be in that kind of a situation because if you're like me and uh where I'm from down in Florida there were a few people that loved freedom enough to get together and bitch about the government and that's about all they ever did uh that you know maybe now and then well they really didn't do much else they'd run a candidate once every four years or something like that uh, but they didn't really do too much else these are doers these are people who are getting out there they're getting out they're doing outreach they're creating media they're uh, they're doing politics and civil disobedience as well and many of these things will be discussed at the event in the form of panel discussions uh keynote speakers and other speakers also there's of course inevitably it's like a convention kind of thing so if you've ever been to conventions before you know that they usually have like a banquet dinner or more than one or like a a buffet luncheon and so these are great opportunities to uh you know sit down with people you don't know you know sit down at a table with seven or eight other people that you've never seen before and you know meet new new faces but you will have something in common with with these strangers that you sit next to. Yeah, you love which freedom. It's exciting. Yeah. So it, it's an easy place to start having a conversation because you know you don't have to cover any of that freedom ground uh, with these new potential friends. That, right. Uh, it, it can be testy for liberty lovers to make friends with strangers when, you know, we have a big difference with 
right. You never know. Status. You never yeah. know if that stranger is a status that wants to control you. Yeah, right? Exactly. So, uh, so co- go to freestateproject.org/libertyforum. There's some very basic information about the event there now. It's going to be fleshed out over the next couple months. Uh, so we're going to announce those things as they as they happen. But if you get on board now, you get the early bird discounted price, which is just under two hundred dollars for a whole convention for a whole weekend, including all the you know the meals that uh, that they offer, like the luncheon and the uh, the dinners, etc. And there's also a cheaper package where you don't get any of the food, where you can just go out and get your own food or order in or whatever you need to do. Uh, so chick, uh, pick whichever one works best for you and save yourself an extra 10% by using our discount code, which is FTL2012. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live, FTL2012. That'll save you 10% over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. I'm excited, in case you can't tell, because uh, it's a blast going to these things. You it must be excited. Is. It's like five, four or five months away, and you're talking about it. So. Is it that long? It'll be here before you know it. it that much is true. 855-450-FREE. To the phones and the fun. Tom is there in Atlantic uh, Beach, North Carolina. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, Ian, how was jail, big dog? Jail was not too shabby. It was getting out of jail that was the worst part, because I uh, actually have all this work to catch up on. Uh, could you explain why? Why is... Because work piles up when you're gone. What's that? What you um, wanted to hear about? Why? I mean, what? Do you, why? What? Well, you work on a radio station, so how can work pile up? It's not a radio station; it's a radio show, and there's more things besides just talking. Right. See, I'm not just a talk show host. I don't. I'm not, like a lot of talk show hosts. Their job is to come in, blab into a microphone for three hours, collect a paycheck, and go but that's home. That's what you do. I'm sorry. But that's what you do. Well, that appears to you what I do, but I actually run the business side of uh, this radio show as well. So when uh, we talk about the hundred stations, there, there's two other guys that could probably do your job for you. There are here at the show. Uh-huh. Well, um, actually, Ian does a specific I'm job. Sure that my little sister could do your job for you. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. I'm sure your little sister could do my job. This is talk radio. Affiliate relations, I'd say, as far as Free Talk Live goes, I mean, we have seen the very best. We have the hired the very best affiliate relations guy in the business to do Free Talk Live um, affiliate relations while you were gone. And he wasn't doing as well as you do. Well, I mean, you he do just it. got started. Understood. I'm not saying that. But what I mean, one can claim that you're at it least as good as the all very right, best right, radio right. affiliate ad sales guy in the business. Radio affiliate um, guy. In the so anyway, thing. there's a lot of work that goes into running your own business, and that's what this is. It's a you know, it's a business, and it's not just a him. show. Maybe you did, Tom. Yeah, well, because he got his question answered. Yeah, to to Tom, I would just say to for any person to get out of jail, it's going to be a lot of work when once you get out and just fit, like clearing off your Facebook list alone. I think what did you have fifteen hundred Facebook oh my gosh. notices? Like. So that's that's a lot of work cut out for you, and there's not a dime in it. So, well, I mean, it's, it's this, the satisfaction of uh, you know, getting <laughs> well, back to people, and you know, kind of reconnecting and doing whatever I need to do to move things forward. I didn't say there's no value in it at right, all, right. but yeah, you're not getting paid to do that work. No, I don't so. get paid to do anything really. I mean, I don't have an hourly paycheck or anything like that. I don't get a salary. Uh, what I get is based on what uh, what we earn. And that can vary. Business works. Yeah, that can that can vary. Well, that's how business works, but it's not how it appears to the average, uh, you know, person who's working for wages. You know, if you go to you go and have a job, you had a job recently, uh, Derek, and you were making X amount per hour, and you know that if you show up on time and you do a decent job, you're probably going to continue making uh, that amount of money on a regular basis, so long as the business stays in business, and uh, you know you don't burn any bridges or completely screw something up too too majorly. 
you don't have that same level of you don't have the same level of responsibility when you work at a job as when you're running the business and so there's a lot more behind the scenes that goes on here we make it seem easy i guess right i mean commercials just play during the uh the, the breaks too right Huh? Yeah, commercials just, just play during appear. the breaks. Uh, <laughs> we just pull commercials out of the air the ether. And, and we stick them in, and then the company says, "Oh, thank you very much for that. We'll send you whatever you want." Mm. I mean, <laughs> and yeah. and radio stations just carry free talk live because, oh well, so you know, great. here's a here's a great show we heard about. Let's just pop this on. Yeah. No. no. It took I mean, us, you know, what? what is it, almost nine years now that we've uh, been doing this thing, Mark? Yeah. Maybe maybe your little sister could talk into a microphone. That much is true. But you've got the mentality of your little sister, and she must be below 10 if you think that Free Talk Live just exists as a radio show without anybody running a business. Do you think he really thinks that, or was it like a, a lame crank call? I think it was a lame crank. one 450 free the toll-free I mean, number. Do you know what it's like to have your work <laughs> your work dismissed? I mean, that's that's what what was going on there. You're feeding I mean, the trolls. Oh, right, I don't care. Ten years we've been doing this. Work free talk live to 100-plus radio stations, and ah, all you guys do is blab into microphones for three hours. He can think whatever he wants. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. It's free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Talk live. Bring up anything you want at 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can take control of these airwaves. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there for you free. If you'd like to be in the loop about Free Talk Live and keep up to date on what's going on with the show, you can sign up for our news updates. Go to news.freetalklive.com and you can get signed up via email, Twitter, or Facebook and it's free, of course, like the rest of our website, news.freetalklive.com. Every so often, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, amidst a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is emerging to change the way monetary systems work around the world. It's called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a private, free market monetary system. It's a currency, a new form of money. It's not the liability of any bank, nor the issued by any government, nor tracked by any corporation. We encourage you to learn more about it, for there is much to learn. A good starting place is weusecoins.com. Again, it's weusecoins.com. I was talking to a gentleman today about Bitcoins, and, you know, they've had uh, their ups and their downs. At one point, they were worth as high as $30. Uh, You know, I saw them as low as 30 cents, and now they're probably about 3 bucks. And so I imagine if you got in at 30 bucks and they're sitting at three now, you're probably, you know, kind of bearish uh, bitcoins. But his statement was, as long as the technology is sound and so far it is, then these things will always be of value. He believes thousands. But I mean, that was just uh, that he believes that in somewhere in the in the future uh, point. 
But it's very interesting. The technology of them is very sound. Go, go to weusecoins.com and check them out. All right. So uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here. We'll continue with your phone calls. But I, I just thought it was worth pointing out here, uh, based on that last caller, crank or troll or whatever you want to call that, that guy, uh, who's kind of poking at us uh, for doing talk radio and saying that it was easy or whatever. And I think it is easy to do uh, talk radio. I mean, as far as, you know, it doesn't take a, a genius to do a talk radio show. You don't have to be particularly educated uh, to do talk radio or any radio uh, particularly. You just have to, you know, know how to punch buttons and talk into a microphone. And like anything, with a little bit of practice, you, you'll get better at it. Wait so a second. I think anybody, you know, who can speak without, you know, marble for our mouth or something can probably <laughs> do uh, talk radio. So it doesn't take an e- a genius to sing, but is Elton John a genius? Uh, I don't know. I've never You're met him. darn right Elton John is a genius. Elton <laughs> yeah. John has... Why would you question that, Ian? He has sold... I mean, he has had a, what? Hit after hit after hit after hit to know what it takes to get into somebody's mind, to be able to uh, to get in there and, and talk to them about how sad songs say so much, or whatever it is. The ability to appeal to that number of people is in and of itself a genius. Now... Is Free Talk Live on the level of Elton John? Not for a minute. But Free Talk Live has managed to rise through the ranks of... We were syndicated, if you'll re- recall, in uh, what November of 2004 is when we got syndicated yeah, right. on weeknights, on two radio stations. One in Liberty, Missouri, broadcasting at... What was it? Nine watts? Six, Six watts. Uh, there are walkie-talkies that, that uh, will broadcast at more wattage than this radio station did. And the <laughs> The other one in Marysville, Tennessee. I couldn't point Marysville out on a map of Tennessee at this point if I had to, because I still don't know where it is. And Free Talk Live has grown into more than 110 radio stations. Do I feel like a genius? No. I have a wife. She lets me know all the mistakes I make on a regular (laughs) basis. However, the evidence is that I have managed to displace every other would-be talk show host that would like to be on 100 radio stations. There are many people that will sit and grouse about their ability to do this better than I, but they haven't managed to pull it off. Is it a genius in doing talk radio? No. But it may be a genius in picking a partner it may be a genius in the able to implement the business system yes it takes rush limbaugh is a genius is he wrong in his politics you're darn right but he's a genius give people their their due when they rise to the top of their profession ian well, no, I'm just saying that anybody can do it. That's all. It's just that they're not willing to. Anybody can't do it because no one will listen. Well, they can't. Well, you'll never compete. get the job. I, right. I, I, I think I hear what both of are you are saying. Are you saying that, that anybody can be an astronaut? <laughs> well, I mean, there's certain requirements. I can sit in a chair and flip switches. I told you. What are you saying so I told hard you before, about that? You probably can't do talk radio if you suddenly give marbles in your mouth. But I mean, for the most part, most people can do radio. I mean, it's not a it's not a particularly skilled profession. It's relatively easy yes, to uh, to get. Is. A skilled profession, but you well pressing buttons. It's not the button pressing. It's what you talk about and how interesting you are. Sure, being interesting is an extraordinarily valuable skill. Ask David Letterman. Well, some people are interesting to others who they're not interesting to, and so so on and so forth. But fine, you only have to be interesting. Rush Limbaugh is only interesting to (laughs) sixteen million people. That is less. I know you love to pump this industry up. 
but I'm sorry. Uh, one of the one of the ways I knew that I could be you're successful right. at this, I, you're, you're right. The I, guy that was running you're a radio a station, I'm a genius. The Go guy on. that was running a radio station we worked for was a drunk, and I saw that and I thought to myself, "Wow, if that's the the caliber of people that's in this business, it will it won't be hard to rise to the top of it." You wanted right. to be a and talk show host before you ever saw that guy. Well, it does seem like this is a job that. A lot of people could do, but maybe not do well. And so, what I see you are saying, Mark, is that you've outcompeted some of those would-be other people. Right. And anybody, so you get a, a pat on the back for that. Because anybody in, who's not in a coma could drive a car, but they're not Mario Andretti. <laughs> you freaking moron! I mean, I can't believe you're even saying this stuff. It doesn't even make any sense. Well, maybe Ian's being a little modest. He's, but, but if you're going to be modest, be convincing. You're not even convincing. <laughs> Well, no, I, I mean it. I mean, I'm serious. I, I, it, I don't you're think you're seriously not paying attention, and you're not giving people who've worked very hard in their lives all the other talk this is shows not hard out there. Work. This is due. talk radio. Come on, please, please stop this nonsense that radio is so hard doing talk radio. I'm not claiming that you're breaking a sweat, right. but I am that's claiming that work. not many people can do it. You're not on 110 no, radio many, stations. That, no, see, that's where I disagree with you. It's not that people can't do it. It's just that they are not willing to do what it takes. Fine. That's what the difference, only difference does it make? Well, that's the difference. That Anybody can climb a mountain, but most people won't climb Mount Everest because they don't want to do what it takes. Right. That's why they inscribe people's name in plaques for doing it. Right. Anybody can walk the Appalachian Trail, but there's only, what, uh, less than 2,000 people who have done it. All I'm saying is... And anybody, it's hard to do You can do, do whatever things. you want if you put your mind to it. That's all. You That's can all do, I've done. You can do whatever you want if you yeah. put your mind to it. That doesn't make part, it easy. For the mo- I that, doesn't make it, that doesn't make people who manage to do it well not geniuses. Well, I would like to see some of the callers who criticize the show be talk show hosts themselves. You know, so why? Uh, hear, well, hearing <laughs> criticism from someone who's never tried to do radio is yeah. less convincing than hearing someone like Howard Stern tell you how it's supposed to be. Well, so, I'm sure Howard Stern would think we were a bunch okay, of uh, or, or any or anyone, <laughs> right? I was just plucking a name, but one eight five five four fifty free eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I'm an expert at fi- picking out why other radio talk show hosts are not very good at their jobs. <laughs> it ain't Believe rocket me. science, okay? That's all I'm saying. It's not rocket science, and you can pretty much do whatever you want with your life so long as you focus on something. You know what you want. You can achieve that. I'm willing to say that certainly anybody can, um, you know, do whatever they want if they, uh, you know, if they. You know, if they put their mind to it, but that doesn't mean to me if they do that particularly well and they rise among the ranks to the top tiers of their profession that I'm going to call them a a a, a mind addled dolt. Well, I didn't. Th- I don't think I called anyone a mind addled dolt. Let's go to Rick, listening in uh, West Virginia. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. I'm not sure where that came from. Go ahead, Rick. Oh, I should probably press the button. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm totally a genius. But Rick. anyways, uh, what? A- what I, what I was getting at is my question is, I hear a lot of things, you know, as far as, you know, you hear about the economy and this and everything's bad and dismal and, 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 and you're right. I mean, there are a lot of things that are just completely screwed up. Uh, do you guys see any, you know, upside in the, in the future? And also, I was just wanting to find out, I mean, you know, do you guys have any opinion whatsoever as far as, like, on, uh, you know, where we live here, it's mainly fossil fuels and uh, mainly coal mining. All right, hold on to that cold mining thought here. Uh, we'll come back with you in just a moment, Rick. Uh, the future. Is it a bright one? Well, I say absolutely. 855-450-FREE. We'll find out what uh, Derek J. and Mark have to say on this one in moments. 1-855-450-FREE. You can take control of these airwaves. 
855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in, bring up whatever you want. Your toll-free number is 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Tonight here, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And the features there are free. If you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. You can uh, order whatever it is you need to order. Whatever you want to buy in life. Amazon has almost everything. And that's what you'll find at shop.freetalklive.com or links to Amazon. Uh, different Amazons. There's UK. There's uh, German Amazon. There's Canadian and the US Amazon. So you click into the one that's right for you. Get your shopping done. Get the stuff delivered to your door. And Free Talk Live benefits. We, we get a portion of the purchase price when you enter through shop.freetalklive.com. We're going to bring Rick back on the on the air here listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Now, Rick, you'd asked about the future, right, as to whether or not uh, there's a bright future. Was that essentially your question? Well, it, it, not not so much even bright, just halfway decently <laughs> not so dim. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, you just hear so much negativity. It's all, it seems yeah, like it's I think it, negative, you're right. Negative. It's easy to get bogged down in all the bad news out there. There's certainly no shortage of it. Uh, but I think that over time, you look at history, things have gotten better. Uh, obviously, technology is easy to look at and see, wow, it's, it's amazingly, mind-blowingly awesome. Uh, but also, just generally, we talked about the slavery earlier. Slavery has gotten less severe over time. Freedom has slowly risen over time as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see a point of saturation with some of these liberty ideas at some point. It'll really shoot up kind of like technology uh, has been doing. And Rick, humans are great problem solvers, and we like to be comfortable. So people will be able to put their minds together and create the world they want to see. True, 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 true. I just, you know, it, it just, I just didn't, I mean, I know, you know, I, mean, I listened to a lot as far as, you know, uh, as far as you guys talking about, you know, the financial world and, and, and things of that nature. And then it's just, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, hey, you know, where your money's going to go, what's going to end up. I mean, you know, I have two children, one nine, one twelve. I mean, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, what kind of world is it that, you know, and, you kind of feel helpless because, I mean, I'm just, uh, I feel as if, uh, you know, I'm just a lowly coal miner here in, in southern West Virginia. And, I mean, you know, you know what differences could I make? Well, um, another thing, uh, I read an article, uh, I read it today, but it came out on the 23rd, um, and it's from the telegraph.co.uk. It's by Ambrose Evans Pritchard. And I'm not, I don't, we don't have time to go through it here, but I, I'm just going to read the top line. Um, world power, this is the title, World Power Swings Back to America. America, the Phoenix, is slowly rising again. Within five years or so, the U.S. will be well on its way to self sufficiency in fuel and energy. And they're talking about uh, natural gas fracturing, um, hydrofracking in order to get natural gas and uh, shale oil and all that stuff. Uh, manufacturing will have closed the labor gap with China, meaning that manufacturing 
the United States. People say that the United States doesn't manufacture anymore. The, man, the United States manufactures more than it ever has in its past. Really? Pro, yeah. It manufactures more. It just has fewer people in manufacturing. Think about it. More robots. It used to be at the beginning of this of the the previous century that uh, half of the population was involved in farming. Now you're talking about less than one percent or something like that is involved in mm-hmm. farming. So um, they've gotten more efficient in right. manufacturing, and their um, manufacturing will have closed the gap with China and a clutch of key industries. And the current account might even be in surplus. So there, there are even even when you're looking at the Keynesian model of economics, which is our current one, you can still see lights at the end of the tunnel. I frank, frankly know that the government isn't going to switch over from fiat currencies anytime soon. So I'm rooting for it. I would prefer to be in an economy that is doing well than one that is doing poorly. Oh, absolutely, 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 and you see, you see it in, in our own industry here. Uh, you know, say, I mean, not even twenty five, thirty years ago. I mean, the, the same amount of, of men it took to run and, and to produce uh, the amounts of coal that we do today, it was staggering. Uh, now we can do it for you know, a quarter of the you know the workforce because of the technology and the equipment. But, uh, what about that? Yeah. What about um, sort of preventative health situations? I mean, whenever you think of coal mining, That's you a think dangerous of dangerous job, blank, right? Black lung is the oh, first yeah. thing that everybody thinks of. Is that uh, still an issue? Or well, um, yeah, yeah, most most companies now are all. I mean, well, most companies now say they are all safety oriented as far as that goes. Um, sure. As far as like black lung and things like that, uh, I mean, we do take precautions. We have airstream helmets that you can wear. To where you know it's got like pubs and things like that right there. You've got respirators that you can wear that are top of the line. I mean, you know they spare no expense at these. Uh, as far as health reasons, health problems in the mining community, it's mainly um, roof and rib problems. As far as you know, getting you know, falls, uh, rib rolls is what we call them. Uh, now those are, I mean, uh, you know, it, it knows no color, no race, anything. I mean, if the roof falls, the rib rolls. You get caved in. That's what you're saying. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's it happens no good. a lot more than what you think. I'm talking uh, in, I would say, in the last month where where I live in this area, in the Lake of Three County area, you could probably, if you looked it up on IMSH's website, uh, 25, 30 logs, uh, like roof and rib falls. My goodness. Now, how, oh, now, how, how many times um, is that fatal? Um, well, it's only been fatal once in the last six months. Uh, the, you know, there was you know was a fatality. But now, does everybody uh, pretty much have like miners' life insurance or something like that to cover the families? Um, most most of the mining companies, um, you know, that, that we work for uh, carry uh, life insurance. I take out extra life insurance through my work. I mean, it's, it's a program. I mean, I have like two fifty on myself, and I have to take an extra hundred out. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's and then you know, it, it's a good deal, but uh, you know, a lot. Uh, a lot of uh, people take advantage of it. Some don't, but I mean, you have that anywhere. It Rick, has the uh, ignominy of being betting on your own death. Rick, I can understand what you said before yeah. too about being helpless, feeling helpless. But if you feel helpless, then chances are you are. And if you can uh, change that mindset, change how you approach the way you're looking at the world and yourself, your role in it, uh, then that'll help manifest a better future for for Rick. And uh, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. And it can be easy to 
feel overwhelmed uh, by what's going on out there and to feel like there's not much that you can do, you can do things to make yourself more free. Harry Brown's got a great book uh, called How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, which is an excellent, like, before the Free State Project, this was a really good book to uh, to help people kind of achieve more freedom in their own personal lives. And I highly recommend people check that out. But also, of course, the Free State Project is a real good way to uh, to shore up that enthusiasm for life. The Free State Project is the best thing I recommend, but also, Rick, please speak with your neighbors about issues that concern you. Uh, I feel like that's one way any person can feel more free when you just um, reach out and communicate with other people. They will likely feel the same way you do. Let's talk to John listening in Orlando. Uh, John, is this a cop watch, John? Yes, sir. How are you guys? Hey, uh, good to have you on. You actually started your own radio show. This isn't the hardest thing in the world to do, is it? I sure did. You know, it just goes to prove any dummy can do it. Exactly. Anybody with a thousand dollars a week or whatever, they can, you know, (laughs) can go buy airtime, do a radio show. Some are better than others, obviously. But anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. Well, um, it's been a while since I called you guys to gripe about the ongoing state of affairs here in Orlando. So I just want to bring up um, the Occupy Orlando movement that's, you know, been going on all across the country. But here in Orlando over the weekend, 19 people were arrested for uh, occupying, essentially for being in a park after dark. And I just want to point out real quickly how completely stupid this is, because, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, safety. It's not about what's right and wrong. It has everything to do with authority and obedience. And the police essentially told these people, you cannot be in the park after dark. They refused to leave, and they arrested 19 people. And for yeah. what? And I just think it's ridiculous. And I just want to point that out real quick that, you know, number one, that we, we are, you know, the, the Occupy movement has reached the, as far as Orlando. But also just, I mean, what, what's the point of these stupid laws, and why would you spend all this money to arrest people for standing in a park? I just think it's absurd, and uh, every day goes by. I'm more and more ashamed to be here in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're arresting people in a lot of parks, so I mean, yeah. if that makes you feel any better, uh, obviously they uh, cracked down it just the not. other night, uh, or this this last last night, this more early this morning on Occupy on Oakland. Uh, Oakland. They attempted to do so to Occupy Albany, but the uh, the news there is that the police, uh, New York State troopers and Albany police, did Albany. not adhere to a curfew crackdown on protesters urged by the governor and the Alban- Albany. 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 That's right. Mayor. Uh, Mass. Well, how do they say it in Albany? Do they Albany. have like a, a New York accent? They don't say Albany. Okay. Uh, mass arrests you know, seem to be in the cards once uh, the, let's see, the mayor directed officers to enforce the curfew on roughly 700 protesters. But as state police joined the cops, pro- protesters moved past the property line, dividing city and state land. With protesters acting peacefully, local and state police agreed that low-level arrests could cause a riot. So they decided instead to defy the orders of their superiors to crack down on these and folks. And good for them. Yeah. Acting that's, as sovereigns. That's a very important point, and I think it's very encouraging, because people ask me all the time, why do you give police a hard time? Why do you record the police? They're only following their orders. And this is a perfect example about how police, you know, everybody is an individual. They can't make their own decisions. And when you're asked to arrest people for some stupid reason, every police officer can just say no. And it may cost them their job, but most likely it won't. So thanks, you guys. I love the show. Thanks, John. appreciate hearing from you. And we'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. It has been Ian here with you. And Derek J. And Mark. See you online at freetalklive.com. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author, John C. Maxwell. 
All great leaders are productive. However, is it possible to be a great producer yet not be a leader? The answer is yes. Personal success does not always translate into team success. Leadership is defined by what a person does with others and for others. Organizations often make the mistake of putting high producers into leadership positions, assuming that they can lead well. While it's true that one prerequisite for leadership is productivity, but it's not the only one. Leaders must work well with people and be able to take the entire team to a higher level. If you want to lead well, develop the desire and the ability to work well with others and inspire them to higher levels of productivity. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold.